Hey everybody and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host Jonathan and this is DCI number 105. In this episode, I had the chance to go to Irvine, California to get my hands on Obsidian Entertainment's new game, Armored Warfare. Armored Warfare is a free-to-play online multiplayer tank shooter. That's right, the, the guys that made Knights of the Old Republic 2, South Park the Stick of Truth, and Pillars of Eternity are making an online tank shooter. And it's actually pretty good. Uh, at one point during the day, uh, I got to sit down with Charles Staples and Rob Nessler to talk about the, the game. The following recording that you will hear uh, is from a, a breakout session that we had, and so you'll hear more than just me asking questions, but uh, I got permission to share it with you, so that is what I'm doing. You can find a full preview of Armored Warfare on DarkStation.com, as well as the show notes for this episode. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now on with the show. Yes, yeah, so nobody else is, is asking questions. Who, who are you guys? Like, what, what do you guys do at, ahead, at Obsidian? Uh, my name is Charles Staples. I'm a senior designer at Obsidian. On Armored Warfare, I am. I do a lot of stuff. Uh, I do um, sort of systems design, and I'm in charge of in-match gameplay. So anything that happens in a match, which is the game, um, yeah, that's what I do. And I'm Rob Nessler, and I'm the art director at Obsidian, and the art director of Armored Warfare. Um, so I, I guess my, my biggest question is like this is a huge departure from what you guys normally do so I mean obviously there's got to be the allure of just doing something different but what was kind of the, the impetus behind doing a, a tank combat game? I love tanks. All right. Ever since That's... I was nine years old I bought my first book from Dalton Booksellers maybe it was Walden Books they don't even exist anymore and that was my first book that I earned five dollars allowance was it just said tanks on it and that was and ever since, I just, I love them. Nice. Well, also, I think at Obsidian, we do, uh, what we do focus on RPGs. We do like to branch out on the types of RPGs that we do. Um, a lot of our games have differed greatly from each other. Sure. Um, and uh, there, was, there was a big interest uh, when this came our way. Uh, a lot of people uh, at the company were interested in this style of gameplay, and I've played a lot of uh, other games in the genre. And it was an interesting thing that uh, we really got excited about. Go with kind of a simpler one. Uh, what has the modern what has the modern era uh, opened up to you in terms of like creating that tank scenarios, PvE, PvP, and the types of tanks that you use? Um, well, we focus on like a lot of the more modern tanks, and the, we're trying to implement a lot of new technologies that you see on modern tanks that weren't around for the old you know World War One, World War Two era. Um, <clears throat> most of those era uh, those tanks uh, focused on like armor improvements and how they crafted the steel. To, to get better things, um, and then uh, ammo upgrades like that. But now there's a lot of technology involved with that stuff. Um, uh, explosive reactive armor, uh, laser targeting. Um, it's, it's, uh, it gets a lot more technical and advanced with, with uh, some of the modern day tanks. And that's some of the stuff we'd like to you know, you know, keep putting into our game and allow for uh, different strategies and different gameplay mechanics that those can bring to the table. Is, is there anything from those kind of upgrades or um uh, gameplay elements that has really kind of changed the game because I mean it's still at its core seems like it's a lot of just pointing and, and shooting what what kind of is there that makes it different I guess um, well I mean if, uh, for example we have ATGMs which are missiles those are player controlled 
but we also have countermeasures for those missiles. Uh, modern armor consists of like cage armor, which can stop shape charges and ATGMs. Um, you can upgrade your vehicles with cage armor. Uh, there's also explosive reactive armor, which is basically uh, how that works is there's, you know, there's panels on there that have metal plates on it and there's explosives in those. And when, an, when a round hits it, it actually explodes off and uh, negates how much damage a round can do, or, you know, sometimes partially, sometimes completely. Um, so the idea was like taking the, the base of the, the core, you know, it's a combat game um, with tanks, and then just trying to find, find ways to expand off of that. Uh, to add more uh, interesting gameplay elements for people to use. There's also the performance of the vehicles, they are much faster, um, and that, that creates more dynamic gameplay experiences than people just hunkering down and pointing and shooting. Ultimately, it's much quicker to flank in mm -hmm. our game, and, uh, and that can uh, shift the, um, the momentum from one team to the other very fast. Well, just even in terms of physics and movements, everything I know about tanks, which admittedly is not a lot, is that they are incredibly uh, complex like devices to move and to, to position, and yet everything in the game like feels very fluid, like you're, you're stopping quickly, turning quickly. Like how, how much of the research into these like tanks is accurate? Like are you, are you representing the way all these, these, modern, uh, these modern armored vehicles are actually moving and like combating? Uh, with in some ways, people? yes. In some ways, no. I think... Uh, we, uh, well, he can speak to the gameplay uh, tuning that happens, but certainly we do uh, tune acceleration and, and top speed. But modern, what I know of modern um, main battle tanks is they're capable of going 60 kilometers an hour, um, and that's just what they, how fast they tell you they can go. Um, and uh, so that's fast. Um, and I've seen, we've seen demonstrations of them just, um, you know, doing donuts and racing and, and stuff. So. They are fast, um, and we, we, you know, we play with that. So will tank racing be a mode in this game? <laughs> and is that what we're... No comment. <laughs> um, but going back to your question, like uh, we do a lot of extensive research research on the vehicles. Like we have libraries and libraries of detailed uh, schematics of vehicles that we can get information on. A lot of it is for a lot of the modern vehicles, it is classified. Mm -hmm. um, but we do a lot of research um, just to get a base setting. Um, but then we do gamify things to make sure that it still feels fun. Um, if, if it was too realistic, um, really we wouldn't have any other class other than the MBTs. Um, because MBTs are the main battle tanks of this era, and the other types of vehicles sometimes aren't made up to go up against MBTs. They're made for skirmishing against you know, people, buildings, that sort of stuff. Um, so, so we do start off with a lot of research on uh, how the vehicle's actual stats are. Uh, where we can, and then we gamify it to make sure that it still fits into our gameplay classes and make sure it's still fun for players. Uh, you mentioned that mobility was one of the things that was addressed in the open beta. That was one of the things that players that players left and that you kind of addressed. What other uh, what other player feedback did you make sure to take into account when you were addressing the next update? Um, pretty much, we're always looking at player feedback. Um, we look at both of the, the feedback on the forums um, uh, and then the news outlets for the game. Um, and then, you know, we also compare that with telemetry data that we gather from the game. Um, uh, some of the things that Rich mentioned in the keynote was, like, artillery was a big thing, which uh, in one of our, I think it was Early Access 1, um, artillery was completely different, and there was a huge negative uh, feedback from players. And we turned it off for, I think, EA2, 
and maybe even EA3, I'm not certain anymore. Um, so with that we could do a complete overhaul of it to try to address a lot of the complaints that people had. Um, mobility for MBTs was another one that came up. Um, uh, the reputation awards, how long it takes to go from tier 1 to tier 8. Um, there's always feedback of like, well this, this tank's armor doesn't feel good. Um, pretty much almost there's, there's feedback on everything. Um, but uh, since this is a live game, and that's I think something we're really excited about, is having the ability to iterate on it based off of that feedback. Um, and that's, I think, a, a really cool thing for me as a designer to actually, instead of just having a game and I ship it and throw it out the door and I don't have to ever see it again, it's nice to be able to get feedback on what works and what doesn't work and what people like and don't like and be able to iterate on that stuff. Um, as for our next patches on what we're fixing, like right now I think it's a lot of uh, tuning balances. Um, I know we have some <clears throat> uh, reputation balances going on, but I think a lot of it, right, I think there's some complaints about the, the M1 line being too heavily armored that we're looking into. So what we'll do usually on that is we'll, like there's community feedback and then we'll go into our telemetry data and try to see if the, if the community feedback matches our telemetry data. And then we'll, then we'll go and make changes based off of that. How big is your team and uh, when you are talking about feedback and trying to um, make changes, is there, like, let's, let's, if there were like 30 of you, would it only really be like 10 people that handle that kind of stuff because the whole team can't just go, oh, well, the, develop, the feed, user feedback says we should change this. Mm -hmm. So, like, can you talk about that kind of, I'm just curious about how the, sure, so well, 90 of us? <laughs> There's, a, I'm, there's probably close to 100. Close to 100. Wow. I'd say there's around 100 people in our mobile. Yeah, it's been growing every every week. Cool. <laughs> um, so it's hard to, to know. I, I know that um, it affects every facet of the game, the feedback. Uh, map design, um, and sometimes it's just issues with a map um, that need to be resolved. Uh, but obviously, um, vehicles. So it's kind of a case to case basis. Yeah. Like whether it, it affects the whole team or. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's feedback that, that, that basically gets distributed to all uh, departments. And for you guys, I'm assuming you've been developing games for quite a while now. I know Obsidian has, uh, but you two personally. So are there things that when you hear about them, in your mind, you're like, oh, we could do that in two weeks, like, or, oh, that would take six months. It's just certain things in your mind that it was like... Yeah, but, but we just prioritize it accordingly. Right. Yeah, so that's the beauty of what, what he was talking about, is that the game's not over. Right. We're gonna this so so we'll see some feedback and look at it. Gosh, that's that's that'd be good. Um, that involves this guy, this guy, these guys. A designer has to think about it and, and come up with something. You know, so that may be uh, you know four months of work that that will need to be kind of dedicated to a thing. Do you guys also on the boards uh, try to not only listen to uh, user feedback, but do you also um, have people on your team that actually comment? Well, actually, yeah, say, hey, man, that's a great idea, but actually, this doesn't work because blah, 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 or whatever. Well, we have community managers that are on there right. as well, um, but also the, the developers do get on the, our forums, <laughs> and we try to explain things where we can. Um, and uh, I, we're, we're usually pretty open about stuff. Uh, sometimes we, we don't explain exactly how a mechanic works because right. some, of that, some of that randomness is kind of good, or not knowing how things work is, can sort of be a learned thing for players. Um, but, uh, but it goes back and forth with like, yeah, we have certain people working on things for the future, um, and then as we, we're always evaluating the feedback, and our forum moderators will be like, this is a hot issue this week, we probably should address this in the short term. Well, like, eh, people are complaining about this, but it's not that big of a deal, maybe we can get to this in a month or so. 
Um, so it is just a matter of like looking over what are hot issues and what our, what our team like available bandwidth we have to, to address those. But we try to make sure that there's a balance of addressing the you know, priority issues with the community as well as still moving the project forward and doing new features and, and new maps and that sort of stuff. During the presentation there was a bit of talk about having uh, some kind of story implemented in this, although obviously it's still early and so it's not clear whether it would be um, like a, an overt story or more of a backstory just for the setting, which is very rare either way for a kind of arcade style game like this where you just jump in and start shooting other people or other, other AI. So I'm, I'm just, do you have any comments about how, if not for the story itself and what it would be about, like how it's going to be implemented into the style of gameplay? Well, okay. Um, so uh, it will be a lot of backstory and setting. Um, there will be a lot of that. Uh, we have uh, commanders and dealers um, who are uh, real characters in the game. Um, and, uh, and so uh, we expect that there will be uh, bios and, um, and interactions between these, uh, you know, maybe commanders uh, who are uh, more aligned to a dealer um, and a dealer has an opinion about a commander. Uh, those kind of things uh, will all kind of uh, be uh, kind of unlocked as you mm -hmm. proceed through the game. Um, but it certainly won't be, it'll be unlikely to be you know, a, a, a deep RPG narrative experience that you'd be typically used to in an Obsidian game. And, you know, we'll do our best to kind of fold it in through everything so that people who are looking for a, a reason for all these things to be the way they are can find it. Yeah, it's a bit of walking a fine line between throwing too much story at people who don't necessarily want to have that stuff, yeah. and make, but still having it be available for players. And I think, you know, the PvE experience is a good way for us to, to maybe put more of that narrative spin on things and have those tied together, and that's something we are, we're investigating. Okay. But it's like it's still very early, and there's nothing. Yeah. Specific. Can you guys talk a little bit more about the uh, the differences in the commanders and the dealers and that kind of stuff, like how all that works in the game? Well, I can say that the dealers um, are exist to uh, present obviously a a, a uh, inventory of vehicles that you can um, progress through, um, and and we've attempted to create a, a history of the dealers that. Um, would define the style of vehicles that they have mostly, um, but certainly um, there are MBTs in both dealers right now. In the third dealer, there definitely be MBTs there. Um, they'll all have a, a variety of these vehicles, so um, so it is uh, it is sort of just a, a slight bias in, in attitude um, on the vehicles, uh, and and the commanders themselves uh, will, will probably generally relate. Um, to those dealers in some way or another, uh, but that that still is being flushed out. Yeah. Well, commanders right now still there's they they have you know certain skill sets and commanders are tailored certain ways. Um, certain commanders will fit better with uh, certain play styles. Some of them might uh, have a lot of uh, abilities that increase reload speeds or shorten times that you have downtime. Um, some you know maybe an MBT commander might have more abilities that you can choose that will affect like repairing damage or taking less damage in certain, certain situations. So um, ideally in the long run, yeah, players are, should be able to find a commander that they suits either a vehicle that they like or a playstyle that they like and be able to pick skills in that commander to sort of push them a, a certain way.
So when you said pick skills, can you are you upgrading yes. commanders? Yeah. So like uh, kind of commanders improve okay. level up. Um, <clears throat> at each level for the commander, uh, you can pick a skill. Um, <clears throat> different commanders have different skills. Uh, one of the one of the more interesting commanders right now is he has a lot of skills that result in uh, uh, like dealing fire damage to other people. So like if you set someone's engine on fire, they take more damage, or they might burn for longer. Um, or you have a higher chance of setting their engine on fire when you do stuff. Um, so it's, it's a little bit more, you know, there's, there's, a, there's areas for niche commanders like that where it is focusing on a specific uh, uh, type of combat, or there's more generalized commanders that might just be a little bit more well-rounded and fit in a wide, wide variety of vehicles. Um, one of our most popular ones is our, our AFB commander, which increases vision range and, and has it easier for you to spot enemies. Um, and that's a pretty popular one because vision and spotting is uh, plays a pretty pretty big role in the game. There are lots of little ins and like little complexities that go into this game, whether it's picking commanders or anything like that. If you're a new player that's accessing the open beta for the first time, what advice what advice do you have for them? Where do you think they should start? That is a good question. Um, I know one of the things we are working on is is trying to make sure that we are. Uh, making it easier for people to learn the game because it is pretty complex. There's a lot of, uh, even like playing a hundred matches into the game, they, like it still takes a while to learn a lot of these mechanics. And, and we are uh, working on things to, to make that easier for people to learn about how all this stuff works. Um, and some of that will be in-game. Um, right now, uh, I do think uh, if a new player starts in, we do have a tutorial pop-up right away. Hey, would you like to try out the tutorial first and it gives you a vehicle, puts you in a, a single player uh, element first um, and lets you gives you the basics. Um, but probably the best way to start out into the game is probably the PvE aspect of it. Um, I mean, that's, it's a lot less pressure than getting thrown right into the middle of a 15 on 15 competitive uh, match. Yeah, I would, I would say that if there was advice for a new player, it would be play the vehicles in PvE first. Um, you will learn the vehicle, its, its performance characteristics, you'll get a sense for how quick it can reload. You'll get a sense for how well its gun will penetrate uh, a variety of targets that you will eventually encounter in the PvP matches as well. The, um, obviously there's easy, medium, and hard. Those, those affect the um, amount of hit points and other features of the enemy targets. So you might actually do more damage to these targets in PvE than you would in real life. But I think the, the, armor, values, the armor values are pretty close. So um, so you'll really get a sense for how well you'll be able to do against these vehicles in a PvP experience. And so I always, that's what I always do. I always, my, when I first unlock a vehicle, I go into PvE four or five times. As well, you're gaining reputation that you can use, and credits that you can use to unlock and purchase upgrades to make your vehicle more competitive in a PvP environment. So that, that to me, is, is the best way um, to enjoy the game. You mentioned credits, and some people get a little nervous when people start talking about free-to-play because then it starts people wonder if it's going to be you know, pay-to-win and that sort of thing. How is free-to-play, how, how are the paid elements kind of worked into the game? What, how does all that work? Well, uh, I mean, credits are the in-game currency, and you, just, you earn them um, from battles and, and matches uh, in, in the missions. Um, and, uh, and you can just earn reputation and credits all day long and not spend any gold if you don't want to. Um, you, there is no real pay to win 
in our game. Yeah, we've we've tried to make a big effort to make sure there's none of that in the game. Um, you know, we're big gamers ourselves, and and that's not you know the the style of stuff that we like. Um, so a lot of our monetization efforts have been to either you know, um, uh, like if if you pay and I have like a premium account, you'll get more credits and more reputation, but um, it's not uh, it's it's nothing that you can just be doing through the regular game. Yeah, you can't take advantage of it in a battle. Uh, it, it just all you can do is get faster, get yeah. get better faster, but that. And then and then we're adding in things like customizations, which are optional, like decals that you can put onto your vehicle. So. Um, yeah. so I think are, that's one of the best things. Are all the tiers uh, kind of grouped together? Like once you get to tier two, you're only going to be fighting other tier two stuff. Is that? How uh, we do have a matchmaking. Uh, matchmaking usually is, I think. What is our matchmaking? Plus minus one? It, 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 only if it has to be. Yeah. If, if, if there are enough tier two players in the queue, you'll all get queued up yeah. together. But but there's a little bit of leeway in there so that, like, you know, as a tier three vehicle, you might see tier fours. Um, you might fight against tier twos as well. It depends um, on the population at the time. So, you know, one o'clock in the morning, you might find yourself in a, in a three or four tier spread. Okay. But, um, but yeah, we eight o'clock on a Friday there. night, um, you should be able to take a tier two vehicle and be in a tier two match. Which features are you both most excited for going going forward? Um, well, I like just new maps and new vehicles. Um, I like new gameplay mechanics because <laughs> that's what I do. Uh, uh, yeah, um, for me, like it's uh, some of the things that we've been working on is making sure each class has their own unique mechanic. Um, Right now, the AFVs have designated target. The light tanks have uh, an engine control override, which lets them go faster for a short period of time. Um, tank destroyers are, don't have one currently, but I'm going to show you guys one today when we get back to the office. Um, so, uh, and yeah, and we haven't announced that yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's something I'll be showing you guys later. And that's, that's the fun part for me, is trying to come up with new gameplay mechanics to, one, take advantage of the, the technology level of these vehicles, but also make more things for players to do in matches and engage with each other. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, trying to come up with uh, an environment that is fair to all vehicle classes um, and, and allows for a, a more lightly armored vehicle to survive in a match um, full of 60-ton, you know, armored behemoths is, is, uh, is an important thing to, to try and come up with these neat little uh, custom uh, abilities. Uh, I, I like the custom matches stuff that we're working on right now and being able to get a large group of friends together and load up a match and, and fight each other and have a good time that way. It seems like a lot of fun, a lot more personal.